everything begins with an idea. How do you take that mental thought, that idea, from your mind to a tangible thing that can be used and shared? Episode 11. Great Idea. I will begin this episode with a quote by Earl Nightingale. Everything begins with an idea. End of quote. Ideas are real and powerful. Just knowing that everything begins with an idea illustrates the great value of ideas. Stand guard over your mind and heart to keep out wrong ideas. I think a great moral compass reading is to gauge ideas by the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you based on the words spoken by Jesus, recorded in the Bible, in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 31, and in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 12. If your idea does not line up with the golden rule, then scrap the idea. No amount of fame, power, and fortune is worth mistreating or taking advantage of people. Ever hear anyone say, I had the wrong idea about someone or something? Or might ask, do you have any ideas? Or someone might say, I've got an idea when a solution is needed. Just because you have an idea does not make the idea correct or right. An idea can be correct or incorrect, having nothing to do with moral values. Also, an idea can be morally wrong or morally right. Once people had the idea that the world was flat, which was an incorrect idea, but not an immoral idea. The idea that might makes right is an idea, but an immoral idea. Daniel Gilbert, a Harvard psychologist, and his colleagues concluded with experiments that humans' default is to believe what they read or hear, rather than doubt what they read or hear. Consequently, Many, many humans have wrong beliefs. This may explain why advertising and news affects by decisions and political outcomes. Even when there is false advertising and incorrect news reporting, once you've adopted a belief, even if a 
wrong belief, it's difficult to let go of that false belief. That's why you have to stand guard over your heart and mind to reject wrong beliefs. In a short story from the year 1845 by Edgar Allan Poe entitled The System of Dr. Tarr and Professor Fetter, Edgar Allan Poe writes, You are young yet, my friend, replied the host, but the time will arrive when you will learn to judge for yourself of what is going on in the world without trusting to the gossip of others. Believe nothing you hear and only half that you see. End of quote. Imagine that advice. Believe nothing you hear and only half of what you see by Edgar Allan Poe in his short story published in 1845 was later confirmed with the findings in 1993 by experiments by Daniel Gilbert, a Harvard psychologist, and his colleagues. Now you know where the saying, don't believe anything you read or hear, and only one half of what you see, came from. People find it easier to believe what they hear or read more than doubt what they hear or read. For that reason, you must be very careful not to form wrong beliefs. Beliefs and ideas are similar in definition. In the context of this podcast episode, I consider ideas that spur of the moment thought when that proverbial idea light bulb lights up and you think to yourself, this is a great idea. In the year 1492, Columbus had the idea to sail from Spain all the way around the world to prove that the world was round. His belief was that the world was round, and his idea was to sail around the world to prove the world was round. Perhaps you've heard people talk about a new invention or patented item, and they tell you, I thought that was a great idea long before it came out on the market. Back in the day, when they started providing plastic lids for a cup of coffee, my wife, then working as a waitress, would notice that when the truck drivers stopped for coffee, they would tear the plastic coffee cup lid at the edge of the lid just wide enough to take a sip to prevent the coffee from spilling while driving. Many years later, the plastic coffee lids began to be made with a small perforated section that could be easily removed or popped up, which accomplished the same thing as tearing a small section off the plastic cup lid. A similar upgrade of the paper milk carton happened when someone thought of placing a screw cap on top of the milk carton rather than having to pry the paper apart 
to be able to open the milk carton. Prior to milk cartons, milk was transported in glass bottles. John Van Wormer patented the paper milk carton in 1915, which is basically the same style paper milk carton today as it was when first introduced in 1915, with a glass bottle being about one-third the weight of the milk it was carrying, the paper milk carton rapidly began to replace the glass bottle milk container. As plastic milk cartons began to encroach on the sales of paper cartons in 1986, 71 years after the patent of the milk carton, International Paper based in Stanford, Connecticut, introduced what they called the spout pack, which we simply think of as a cap you can screw on and off the paper carton. Thanks to the screw-off cap, you can simply unscrew the cap rather than having to pry open the folded top part of the milk cart. Now, that simple invention of a screw cap for paper cartons produces about 2 billion sales a year, where the inventor first projected back in 1986 maybe 50 million sales a year. Imagine taking 71 years to come up with a better idea to get liquid out of a paper carton. Multiple thousands have actually thought of great ideas like this, but few stopped to act on those ideas. How do you act on ideas? How do you know if your ideas are even worth acting on? I've already shared with you that everything begins with an idea. How do you take that mental thought, that idea, from your mind? To a tangible thing that can be used and shared. The idea comes first, then innovation, how to best develop that idea. I am going to suggest five steps to follow once you have an idea. Step one is to place that idea in what I call an idea. Hopper. An idea hopper is like a holding corral for animals like horses and cows. Think like a cowboy. Rope that idea and lead or drive it into the holding corral where it cannot get away until you have time to think on, explore, and consider that idea further. I've been using, as my idea hopper, a column added as a first column in my Kanban system, that's spelled K-A-N-B-A-N, using Buckets online software from www.buckets.co. If you listen to my previous episode, episode 10, you can relate to what I mean by column 
in Kanban system. When I have what I feel to be a good idea, regardless how far-fetched it may prove to be, I simply write that idea in my idea column in my Kanban system where it's there to act and think on as time progresses. Your idea hopper could be a notebook, mind map, word processing file, or anywhere you're able to safely keep that idea written down for future review and consideration. If your idea fizzles at any of these five steps, then just consider these suggestions as an idea tester. If you're at step two and you find out something where your idea is taken or will not work, then quit on this particular idea and start again on another idea. Again, step one is to place your idea in an idea hopper to corral that idea before it can escape. Picture a grain hopper wide on the receiving end and funnels the grain into the grain bin or grain silo. You're placing your fresh, unprocessed idea into the hopper to be funneled into your idea bin for further thought and development. Your idea bin is wherever you write that original idea down. The mere fact that you've corralled that idea into your idea hopper where it cannot escape fuels your imagination and subconscious to creatively analyze and develop that idea into fruition. You may progress down the path to developing this idea to a point where you realize that it's not a good idea at all, or someone has already maximized your idea with patents and production, or maybe the idea is just not doable for some reason. Better to have tried and failed than not to have tried at all. There's a story that goes something like this. A gold prospector worked in vain in his gold mine to find gold for many years. Giving up on finding gold, he sold his gold mine. Soon after the gold mine was purchased, a huge vein of gold was discovered just a few feet from where he last left his gold pick stuck in the wall of the gold mine. The story was told as a morale booster to never give up. I saw the story differently as perhaps someone that wasted the best years of their life searching for something they were never able to obtain. Know when to quit chasing an idea. Know when to cut your losses and move on. You may give up all your time and energy to pursuing that idea, but in the end, those friends and family that took second place to your excessive and obsessive pursuit of the idea will be gone or have no interest in you. Just as you appear to have no interest or time for them, 
during your incessant pursuit of your idea. If you lose everything and can walk away with your friends and family unscathed, then you are wealthy beyond measure. You can even repatent big ideas with improvement patents. Consider the example of adding a screw-top lid to the milk carton. Ever hear that expression, build a better mousetrap? As a suggestion, keep in mind that all ideas are not about making money. It might be an idea of how you can build that most economical living structure to house the world's poor. How you can purify water most effectively with ultraviolet light to prevent waterborne diseases throughout the world. How you can feed the world's hungry, dig wells for the thirsty, and the list goes on and on. Whatever concerns you most likely concerns others as well. When you have an idea, ask yourself, why would I want to pursue this idea? What benefit would this idea have for myself and others? Okay, now that you have your idea securely placed in your idea hopper, what's next? Next would be step two. Do your homework. Research everywhere you can by online searches, libraries, talk with people that are knowledgeable in the field of interest your idea pertains to, how your idea might be utilized, etc. Determine what pieces of the puzzle you need to make this idea happen. If after doing your homework, you feel your idea still has merit, then proceed to the next step, which is step three, use your imagination. Work your imagination and daydreaming over time. Think about your idea while lying in bed at night and anytime you can throughout the day. The better you've done your homework and the more you think and daydream on your idea, the more pieces of the puzzle your subconscious will have to assimilate and begin to solidify the idea into a tangible result that can be utilized and shared with others. The use of a mind map is an excellent tool to use to help brainstorm, imagine, and daydream about your idea. Episode 2 of this Opportuno podcast talks about the benefits of using mind maps. This brings us to step four, light bulb at its brightest. When you first had your idea, the light bulb went off. As you progress through actions and thoughts to develop the idea, that light bulb will get dimmer or brighter. Once that light bulb gets to the brightest point is when you know without a shadow of a doubt that your idea will absolutely work and be everything and perhaps more than you first 
envision your idea would be when that light bulb is burning at its brightest, it's time to move on to step five production. This is a point where you will begin to produce your product or service. And if your work can be patented, trademarked, or copyrighted, you can seek legal advice on the best way to do that. To patent, trademark, or copyright your work is not always about just making money off your work, but to ensure that someone else cannot tell you to stop doing what you're doing because they have a patent, trademark, or copyright on the same or similar item you've developed. Ideas can seem relatively simple at first, then seem surprisingly complex once you pursue the idea. Keeping the path from idea to final production organized using tools such as mind maps, freeform databases, etc. will be a tremendous help as you pursue your idea path until it dead ends or leads to success. Previous podcast episodes provide tools, methods, and concepts that will help keep the complex simple through organization. Never discount an idea and be sure you write that idea down so it will not escape. In summary, once you get an idea, follow these steps. Step one, idea hopper. Write your idea down somewhere. Step two, do your homework. Research your idea. Also, talk with people knowledgeable about your type of idea for opinions and suggestions. Step three, use your imagination. Think about and daydream about your idea as to the best design. Step four, light bulb is at its brightest. As you become more and more convinced your idea will work, the proverbial light bulb will become brighter. When the light bulb is at its very brightest is when you're totally convinced your idea will work and you're ready for the next step. Step five, production. Put into motion the creation of your idea. Once you get into practice of writing down ideas in your idea hopper, you'll amaze yourself at how many ideas you'll come up with. And keep in mind, these ideas don't have to be a great money-making idea like the invention of the Frisbee, Hula Hoop, Beanie Babies, Slinky, Pet Rock, etc. Your ideas could simply be taking your family on a camping trip, taking your child fishing, calling, writing, or visiting a friend, helping out someone in need, etc. Don't let those bright ideas escape. The next idea you have, bright enough to turn the light bulb on, corral that idea 
into your idea hopper. A quote by Sir Winston Leonard Spencer Churchill, Prime Minister of Great Britain during World War II, is as follows. No idea is so outlandish that it should not be considered with a searching, but at the same time, a steady eye. End of quote. I'd like to close this podcast talking about discernment. Earlier in the podcast, I talked briefly about beliefs. The definition of discernment is, number one, the ability to judge well. Number two, in Christian context, perception in the absence of judgment with a view to obtaining spiritual guidance and understanding. Christian discernment is like our sixth sense to guard our mind and hearts from wrong beliefs. Jesus exemplified discernment in the Bible in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 1 and 6. Matthew, chapter 7, verse 1, reads as follows Judge not that ye be not judged. End of quote. Matthew, chapter 7, verse 6, reads as follows Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. End of quote. In the book of John, chapter 2, verses 24 through 25, Jesus had discernment to know what was in a man. John chapter 2, verses 24 through 25, reads as follows. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. End of quote. Understanding, wisdom, and discernment is not judging, but ways we can guard our heart and mind from wrong beliefs. In the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 6, reads as follows, A scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it, but knowledge is easy to him who understands. End of quote. If you're a Christian, having accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to spend more time with Jesus. What better way to develop your Christian discernment than to have a closer walk with God? Who knows us better than our Creator? If you're not a Christian, I encourage you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. In the Bible, in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 13, tells us how to become a Christian. 
Romans chapter 10, verse 13, reads as follows. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. End of quote. The word whosoever includes everyone, including you. Also, in the Bible, in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, states that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. End of quote. If you made a decision to accept Jesus as your Savior, or want to know more, I strongly encourage you to seek Jesus. Jesus tells us in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 7 through 8, the following. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. End of quote. Start reading a Bible. Many suggest to start out reading the book of John in the New Testament. Also, join in fellowship with like Christian believers. Meeting regularly with Christians will allow you to encourage and be encouraged and have a chance to learn more about Jesus. Thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast. I think it's a great idea for you to have a great idea. now, please visit our website, opportuno.org, that's spelled O-P-O-R-T-U-N-O dot O-R-G. Thank you.